let's talk about Welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio, Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris, where we are having honest discussions about love and life and sex and the problems that come along with love and life and sex and all the good things that come along with love and life and sex. You can find us at sexymarriageradio.com and we'd love to hear from you on our feedback line, which is available 24-7 at 615-567-3996. Or email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And for those of you that listen to us on iTunes, we would like your help. We want you to hop on if you like the show and give us a review. And you have to do this through iTunes on your computer, not on the web. But you can uh, rate the show and leave a quick review and that will help us climb the charts. Because right now we are featured in the new and noteworthy section of the sexuality part of of iTunes, which is saying something, because there's a lot of trash in the in the sexuality part of of iTunes, and so we want to be number one, or at least top five. Is what, is yes, my we thought. do. And so we need your help to make that happen with some reviews and some subscribing. So if you like iTunes and are all things Apple, like we are, then <laughs> hop on and help us out. So it is if nice. You're to- all things. If you're all things Apple. Call Gina. She's the Apple retarded. <laughs> yeah, we've been having some issues trying to get this show going today <laughs> on just little things here and there cropping up. So hopefully we roll right along. So Gina, I got a question for you. All right. And this is a chance to kind of uh, self-disclose a bit. So let me let me add some mood music. So have you ever had some time that where uh, you and your spouse, because again... Disclaimer, we are not married to each other. Um, But have you ever had time where you're being intimate with your spouse and it just is through the roof spectacular? And then you get a chance to get together again. And although it was successful, if you want to call it as as that, but it just wasn't near, no fireworks, no huge things just moved in mighty ways. Does that, does that ever happen in your marriage like it does in mine? Well, that is why sex is sometimes like pizza. Why when it's really good, it's awesome. And when it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> Fair. There you go. And I, I would go with it. It's, it's, it's kind of like golf. You can't quite master it. But, yeah. you know, a bad day on the golf course is still better than a great day at work. That's exactly right. Sometimes it's just nice. Yep, that's true. It's nice. So my question is, what's the difference between the times that are just spectacular and the times that are not so much? It's kind of that cold pizza. Because I know what happens, and I know our, from listening to our listeners' feedback and emails, that that happens. That some of them are experiencing some great things, and some... Yeah, they're not, but I know that there's just an ebb and flow of relationship, you know, difficulties and issues and synchronicity and all those different things that just happen. And so sometimes the stars align and sometimes they don't. And I'm wondering if maybe there's a way we can help line the stars more frequently. 
That is the exact same question that an athlete asks about why am I sometimes uh, in the zone and why sometimes do I get in the exact same uh, situation and it's just not there. So it's part of the human condition. Okay. And and if we want to master our game, then I kind of take the philosophy that the zone <laughs> is actually our natural place and the other things are distractions and static Okay, so it's about it's about focus and being present, kind of like we talked about in our last show. I, usually, I'll, I think in a huge way it comes down to that being fully present. It, if we're not at our peak, at some level we're we're thinking about something else. There's fear instead of love, don't you think? Sure, and I th- I think of the different times that where the stars do align, and it, it seems like time almost stops when you're together. Mm. And, Absolutely. And it is truly a, I see you and you mm-hmm. see me moment. And, and, and it's not just a physical thing. I think there's a spiritual component. I think there's a presence of God, a presence of the spirit in, in, in those moments. But then there's also just that, that connection that two people make, whether you attribute it to God or not. I think people still attribute that, that connection that occurs and they know it's there and it's elusive and we constantly seek after it. But it is one of those that the way we find it more is be more present. I know. And the tricky thing is, you know, that's partly why people are addicted to their own hobbies. You know, somebody that loves cycling, he loves that he can be so present. And some some days it's a magical thing or rock climbing or, or different, I think, a different athletes that I've worked with versus being intimate <laughs> involves two people. Exactly. And I absolutely cannot control my lover. All I can do is try to seduce him and inspire him to to come with me. And and that's where it can be so frustrating because it seems like we get into the the times where I have in mind exactly how I want things to unfold. Or oh, you're or such what, a man. Well, thank you. Or or where what I want to happen next or how I want things to progress. And fortunately and unfortunately at times my wife <laughs> isn't on that page. Right. Which then's me which then means do I totally break the connection and get out of the flow or do I work on centering myself and being more present again and then kind of just seeing what unfolds. Cuz it it is it, it is one of those how do you bring into an aspect of soothing yourself in the midst of moments when you have a definite way you want it to happen. Because I think if, you, if you're honest, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> Honestly, when it comes to sex in my marriage, there's, there's a few scripts that are at play. There's a few, uh, a few routines mm-hmm. that we follow. And it's not really that broad of a routine either. I mean, it's, <laughs> everybody has that do what works last time mentality when it comes to sex. And it's really difficult to change from that and allow whatever unfolds to unfold because then you start to venture into the unknown even though the unknown could be extremely pleasurable and fireworks and you know swinging from the chandeliers and and just beautiful moments together it still is a tremendous amount of risk because if I try something different 
or she tries something different or I speak up or she speaks up because whatever's going on is not working. You, you basically are ripping up the script and having to create something new. I know, but speaking of speaking up, that is the one thing that happens so rarely in most people's most intimate relationship. It's like this wordless encounter. So there, it's in order to do something different, why not speak up? Exactly, and I think that starts in the foreplay. I was going to say that when you're talking about your options, if she's not present, I was going to say, oh, you better back up to more foreplay. Well, that's true. And and sometimes you have to, but it also starts, I mean, the follow the connection type of sex, which I think that's the best phrase to capture the idea of, of through the roof, fireworks, spectacular encounters with the spiritual being type of sex. Because I think of our own sexuality and how, you know, obviously, if, if the point of sex is just orgasm, well, that can be done alone or with someone. <laughs> I was going to say following the, yeah, it's completely different than chasing an orgasm. Exactly. But the, the idea of when you bring someone else on board for the ride of fi- trying to achieve an orgasm, then you add a new volatility and a new chaos, if you will, to the experience but it also sex with someone else in a relationship with someone else you know my wife can take me places i cannot go on my own Uh, of course but by entering into that arena or that realm i also open myself up to pain frustration vulnerability hurt sadness and then the flip side of all of that excitement joy energy, adventure, passion. So it's it's how do you boldly enter into the arena of sex knowing that all I can, can do all I can do is control me and be present and then see what unfolds in the moment rather than I have an attachment to an outcome that I want to have happen. Because partly partly recognizing our own personalities because you're describing risk versus reward. Obviously, you know, spiritual and emotional risk mm-hmm. and, and physical. So all this, all this risk, is it worth the reward? And for some personalities, they're just flat out risk averse. It, and so it means understanding yourself and understanding your relationship and knowing this means something to me, especially if, if it's a place that you've ventured to before. That's why people sing songs about it and write songs about these experiences. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I have trouble. And this is where you and, I, you, know, you and I are coming at this from different philosophies slightly. Mm-hmm. And, and I have trouble with... And different genders. True. <laughs> I have trouble with the idea of how do I recapture something. Oh, exactly. That's a good point. Because everything's new. Exactly. Because we can't go backwards. That's the human condition. You know, so often we want to go backwards in our relationship because we want to capture again those feelings that we first had when we met and fell in love with our spouse. We want those moments where you can't not think about them and you're Mm -hmm. constantly longing to be with them again. And, And you want to just... 
you know, be with them every moment of the day. You drop them off after a date and you're immediately calling them right when you get home or in today's technology while you're driving away. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just that constant. I want to just be surrounded by you. And then you, you know, have. A, Do you have, want that? Typically, that is a request that women make more than men. I don't want that. The, oh, <laughs> no, I know you don't want that. You're describing passion versus friendship and commitment. So yes. it takes all these, you know, passion and commitment and, and friendship. And so there's that passion element. Usually the women long for it more than the men. Right. But I think a lot of times we will look for that passion to be provided by our spouse because we, we attribute those feelings to something that our spouse creates within us. So therefore it's an external stimuli that creates that. And so then we think, oh, well, if there's passion missing in my marriage, it's obviously because my spouse isn't help generating that. Although one of the things I think of, you know, you and I have talked about this in some of the different conversations we've had, just not on the air yet, of <laughs> there's lots of people that are frustrated that I hear of and come across uh, personally and online that, that they're just bored in their marriage. You know, that there's things that are going on and, and they coexist well and they co-parent well and they run a household well, if not spectacularly well. But then when it comes to sex, it's just kind of a dud. You know, it's it's a routine thing that happens because one of them feels obligated because that's just what I do. And it's so I'll give some mercy sex so that they that way they'll get off my back and stop hounding me until next month or next week or however long of a time frame that there's a routine that's established because there's even a routine that sex can when sex occurs you know i've had some clients that i sunday afternoon was that was the designated time for sex and that was it and largely it's because they had two little kids and that was during nap time and that was the time <laughs> we could both kind of unwind but when one of them really finally spoke up and said no 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 that's not enough. I, I wanted more. And the other was like, I do too. Well, then they started figuring out a way. <laughs> I to, see. Because people don't happen. speak up. Right. But the idea of lots of people are pretty bored in their marriage. Yes. yes. I attribute that to their living boring lives. I agree. And so the passion doesn't come from something else. It's magnified by something else. But it comes mm. from them. It comes from you. And so one of the questions I would ask people, and I have, I have had to ask myself a lot because my wife and I have been in kind of this little unknown life stage, I guess you could say, because we had some plans that were just this huge grand adventure that we were going to do. And we were going to be on it right now and traveling, traveling the world and just seeing everything, taking the kids, just this whole, who knows what's going to happen. We're going to branch out there and some due to lots of little circumstances we have altered those plans and are rewriting something else. Okay, so is there an element of disappointment? Sure, there is. Um, okay. <laughs> that, that both of us have had to come to grips with. And I think right. for me, I've come to grips with it except for moments of that. There's still moments where I'm kind of, dang it, you know, I wish we were still doing that. But what it's forced me to do is to rewrite a story of my life of what do I want it to be. You know, what, what, how do I want to edit my own life in the moment 
and create something that has more passion involved in it. And for me, what I've found is I want to be more involved with people's lives. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to offer services. Um, you know, we've had the last couple of weekends in a row where as a family, we have gone and done service projects for different organizations in our community. And it's just been a great time with my wife mm-hmm. to, to just go and serve other people, to just go and help other people. And, you know, one of the things I thought of that I haven't figured out how to do this for uh, marriage counseling, but I have thought of if I could figure out a way for a couple that's in some trouble, not out one out the door type of trouble, but just, you know, hey, some things have got to change or, or we're done trouble. Go and serve at some sort of a tragic area. You know, find mm-hmm. some organization that's helping after a, a natural disaster and just go and work together for four days a week. Just work side by side helping other people. And I can almost guarantee that will change your marriage. It will change your marriage. And that is interesting you mentioned that. There was a, a survey or a, a test done with um, multiple teenagers and um, that was kind of their finding. They took a huge group of teenagers to uh, one of those big club med kind of resorts. Everything gave them everything that could titillate their senses. So just so much pleasure and fun out the yin yang and and they got to describe what that was like and then took them to some place where that was devastated where where they were serving and a hundred percent of the students replied that they felt more alive more excited more satisfied happier serving Mm -hmm. than than seeking after pleasure so that is in us Absolutely. I have, I have a real good friend that I play basketball with and he's talked about that, that he's done very well in his life and they do, um, major trips every year as a family. And he's taking his kids to Hawaii for weeks at an, on a time to Disney, obviously, you know, that's just kind of the norm you're supposed to do as a family. Um, and all these different, you know, Caribbeans is beautiful places. And one year he had his whole family rented a cabin up in the mountains in Montana. And they spent like two weeks out just kind of sort of roughing it. I mean, it was a nice place is what he was telling me. But there was no real entertainment coming at you. It was more disconnected from the world. And he says to this day, his kids still talk about that vacation as their favorite vacation. Ah, that's interesting. Because it's, they got, they kind of, they disconnected from the world. And that's what when you, when you help other people, when you're involved with other people, when you start to live a life beyond your own. Yeah. That you're not just seeking an, a means to an end. You're actually working alongside people and interacting with people in their own life. I think you, it, it calls into focus more your own life and more what you're doing and who you are. It's kind of a defining aspect of our psyche that it helps refine you. It helps create a better you because there's something magical in all of us that has the ability to serve and to give and when you do that i think it only helps you know you you benefit the giver or whoever is giving you know receiving thank you Mm -hmm. but you also Mm -hmm. get the benefit yourself of giving well, you do and when we're talking about the best sex and the married sex being bringing our best self to the relationship and and bringing out the best in our mate that is really powerful when you're watching 
from a distance. You're watching your mate give. You're watching mm -hmm. your mate at their best. You're a little bit separated from them. You know, you're not right in their space. And it is. It's very powerful. Exactly. That's something we do and, and talk about a lot. So, so take this to an, an even more intimate level now. And All right. Let, let, bring this to the bedroom <laughs> and the whole aspect of giving and receiving when it comes to sex. There is a tremendous amount of power in knowing you can give pleasure to someone else. But oftentimes I think couples get tripped up on this idea of, well, it's your turn, then it's my turn. Or what is the book? <laughs> she comes first, she he comes, comes second. First. He comes next. No, he, or, she comes first. She comes, he comes first, that's, he comes next. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's the common way I think sex unfolds. For a lot of couples that I've had in my practice, that would be 90% of when they describe sex, it's she comes first, he comes next. And it's I know, kind of I this think whole that is almost thing. a backlash to some holy grail that was held up for some generations of a simultaneous orgasm was like this like trying to be pursued to right. to the detriment of just enjoying the process. So I think maybe that's just a Yeah, I mean what swing. What do you suppose would happen to sex if the goal of orgasm was removed. Well, that sounds very tantric. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that's that's what the whole tantric philosophy is built on. I know. Is that connection. But maybe they're on to something. I think they could be. I think there's a lot. You know, we come from Christian, uh, a Christian place. And I think, oh, my Lord, we have there something. If we take out the whole spirituality of it sometimes and and miss a lot of what they have embraced on that tantric side that you know i think somehow we forget the bible is a more eastern book than western book and <laughs> we try to westernize it all uh there's there's something beautiful about just connecting mm -hmm. there is and there's there's a tremendous power that is created during those times and that's that's what allows the aligning of the stars. So if people are bored, which you're right, that's extremely common. Um, then I sometimes say, if you feel like you're in a rut, remember some people have said the definition of a rut is that it's this grave with the ends kicked out. You're yeah. kind of just dead. Open in a grave. It, yeah. It's so it'd be counterintuitive to dig deeper, but I think the answer is to go deeper. Because we, what we do is we check out. We just are mentally not there. We're trying to escape this rut. We're trying to, to, to please our senses or just mentally. Most people are so unconscious mm -hmm. that instead, if we just go deeper, it's counterintuitive, right? It's and just, it's satisfying. It's it's learning how to be more conscious. Absolutely. There was a friend of mine that he lives in Seattle. And mm -hmm. he, he wrote a little post talking about how he sat at a stoplight and watched as a woman walked across six lanes of traffic against the light, all the while staring at her phone, <gasps> reading something on her phone. Exactly. And, so and especially was, where people think that means we're all more connected. Right. Oh, we're so connected. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. We're, all more dis technology. we're more distracted. We're not more connected. We're more distracted. And exactly. so... He proposes, or he thinks of, what if within every single store that we went into, just take the, take the idea of shopping in mind, 
And what if every grocery store actually had a hungry tiger that roamed looking for dinner in the store and it, it only ate people? How much more focused and aware and present and conscious would you be while you were shopping? Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't see the clothes. Well, you wouldn't spend time maybe browsing and trying things on as much. You would go in, get what you need, and you'd move on because you don't want to be attacked. Oh, we would all shop like men. <laughs> hey, maybe we're on to something. I'll, I'll be contacting some of the zoos, see if we can get some animals released. But it's, it's the idea of if, if you can be more conscious within the moments of your life, that spills over to a more passionate life. Absolutely. Because it brings to the, f- to the surface what's holding you back, what stirs deep within you, what, who you are, who you aren't, who you want to become, and it kind of pushes us to become better. It pushes us to be more present. It pushes us to excel, to be in the flow, to be all we can be and all we were designed to be. That's pretty sexy. Absolutely, because I think if if you look at it from the idea of I cannot control my spouse outside of bed or in bed, mm-hmm. all I can do is present something worth wanting, that when I have a pretty clear picture of who I am and where I want to go, that's a pretty clear choice laid out for Pam, my wife, mm-hmm. that she can decide. Yeah, I'm on board with that or no, I'm not. And obviously, as I'm defining me, I take her into account because I want her to be part of my life. So I will, you know, not just do things that are I know are going to be blatant disrespectful to her. Sure. But there will be some things I want to do that I know she's probably not going to want. But that's maybe about who I want to be. You know, I want to go hunting or I want to go spend some time with the guys. And I know that means I spend time away from her. But that's a good thing. Oh, I think that's a very good thing. Yeah, people look to their spouses for their reason of, of lack of fulfillment, and that's just crazy. Yeah, and that, and that's that's where you get into this idea of the Jerry Maguire, you complete me. <laughs> exactly. That because of you, I am not complete if I am away from you, so therefore I must be consumed by you, and you must be consumed by me. And so many of the couples that I hear about and that we've gotten emails from they talk about frustrations that they have when it comes to their sex life and desire levels and, and different things. And they don't realize that part of what's feeding it is they're too close. They're not, too, exactly. they're not separate. They're too close. It's this constant consuming, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, you know, I love knowing that my wife loves me, but if she was to tell me that every five minutes, I would get annoyed. <laughs> It'd be like my six-year-old sitting in the back making her incessant noises that she makes <laughs> while we're driving down the road, and she's singing some great song, and it's like, honey, you got to be quiet. <laughs> you know, I love your spirit, but you got to be quiet because you're annoying me. And that's, that's really what's going on. And so it's, it's learning how to create that space between you because that space between you houses a tremendous amount of energy. And as Esther Pearl talks about in her book, Mating in Captivity, that's also what houses your eroticism that the erotic parts of you are housed in the separateness between you and your relationship. Well, they are when there is a simultaneous respect and admiration. When people are feeling separate and invisible, that is a 
there is not so much eroticism. That is where neediness can kind of manifest. And so that's where you want to be. We want to be so strong. Sexual confidence has to do with being so complete, like you said, and, and, and not putting out needy vibes where you get so close. Like you said, it's suffocating. Right. And so let me, let me wrap up this show with this. I, I got this from a reader off of simple marriage. And this is a, um, statement from Virginia Satir, and it's just a great capture of the idea of who we are. And I mean, it's entitled, My Declaration of Self-Esteem. And it says, I am me. In all the world, there is no one else exactly like me. Everything that comes out of me is authentically mine because I alone choose it. I own everything about me, my body, my feelings, my mouth, my voice, all my actions, whether they be to others or myself. I own my fantasies, my dreams, my hopes, my fears. I own my triumphs and successes, all my failures and mistakes. Because I own all of me, I can become intimately acquainted with me. By doing so, I can love me and be friendly with all my parts. I know there are aspects of myself that puzzle me and other aspects that I do not know. But as long as I am friendly and loving to myself, I can courageously and hopefully look for solutions to the puzzles and ways to find out more about me. However, I look and sound, whatever I say and do, and whatever I think and feel at a given moment in time is authentically me. If latter some parts of how I looked, sounded, thought, or felt turn out to be unfitting, I can discard that which is unfitting, keep the rest, and invent something new for that which I discarded. I can see, hear, feel, think, say, and do. I have the tools to survive and to be close to others, to be productive, and to make sense and order out of the world of people and things outside of me. I own me, and therefore, I can engineer me. I am me, and I am okay. And that's, to me, that's that's the focus. When it comes to being sexy, capturing your energy, aligning the stars, <laughs> swinging from the chandeliers, being in a passionate life, it comes down to being you, owning you knowing who you are, who you're not, and working on the parts of you that you don't like to let other people choose. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And it's, there's such an unmerited love, you know, just, just a non-judgmental accepting yourself and accepting your lover and embracing it all. Yep. That's how you're in the flow. And that that's how I think you can follow the connection is – to be completely conscious during the moments that you're together. To put mm-hmm. away Try it. put away the Kindle, put away the Blackberry, put away the laptop, <laughs> put away the iPhone, turn off the TV and just be present with one another and see what happens. Yes, that's good. It's less boring. Absolutely it is. <laughs> well, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, Gina Paris, and we are glad you've joined us. We hope that you make it a great rest of your day, the rest of your week, whenever it is you're listening. Onward and upward. (laughs) Onward and upward. Bye-bye. Bye.